To the cheeseheads who want it fresh and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein for what will likely be the second to last Pax What She Said of the 2023 regular season. Not sure how that happened. Not sure how time flew that quickly, but the Packers will host the Bears at Lambeau Field on Sunday at 325 Central Time with a spot in the playoffs on the line. Perry, I'm sad the season's ending. Where did this season go? <laughs> That's crazy. What the heck? I feel like we were just we we're just getting started and feels like we were just previewing this game in week one and now here we are in week 18 yeah. talking about two very different football teams i know full full the season has come full circle bears come to lambo this time packers are eight and eight bears are fully eliminated so they're just here to play spoiler they've locked in the number one pick they have nothing to play for except to ruin the packers chances to go to the playoffs so it's kind of a repeat scenario of last season, except instead of the Detroit Lions, it's the Chicago Bears. We're going to get into it, but I feel like this is a very, although it's the same situation, very different teams, very different vibes going into this one. Um, but the Packers kind of somehow, some way, with a little help from the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, still kind of hold their destiny in their hands going into week 18. Yeah. So obviously the easiest scenario for the Packers here is win and you're in, you made it, you know, we'll see how that shakes out with the sixth or seventh seed. But if they win, they're guaranteed a spot in the postseason. What if, seed are they if they win? It'll the depend people? on the Rams game. Got it. Cause they have the tiebreaker. So if the Rams lose, cause I think aren't the Rams like nine and seven, or they're like eight and seven. So no, that math doesn't check out. However, it is the Packers have the tiebreaker with the Rams. So I believe at this point, if they finish with the same record, the Packers would be the sixth seed. The Rams would be the seventh seed. Otherwise, if the Rams, the Rams win. Are, yeah, the Rams are nine and seven. Yep. Yeah, so if the Rams win, they'll be the sixth seed. And if the Packers win and they hold that tiebreaker, they'll be the sixth seed. The Rams are playing. The Niners and the Niners might be sitting. We're not sure. You know, they have the first seed, so maybe they don't sit two weeks in a row, their starters. But either way, the Packers just take care of business and none of this matters. But if the Packers do lose to the Bears in week 18, there are still two scenarios where they can actually still make it into the playoffs. The first scenario requires a Vikings loss or tie, a Seahawks loss to the Cardinals, and a Buccaneers loss. The second scenario, very similar. Vikings all three lost. of those things need to happen, though. Yes, all three. Mm -hmm. The second scenario is, once again, a Vikings loss or tie, a Seahawks loss, but this time a Saints loss. Basically, the Packers just need somebody that they lost to to win the NFC South because they, you know, if it was like the Falcons, they lose that tiebreaker for a playoff spot. So they need the Falcons to win the NFC South, they would need the Bucks and the Saints to both lose. And then if the Vikings lose and the Cardinals beat the Seahawks, which felt far-fetched, but then we saw them beat the Eagles last week. So potential, you know, is there for an upset. Those are the things 
that you'll be looking for as a Packer fan. What happens with the Vikings game against the Lions? What happens with the Seahawks against the Cardinals? And then what happens with the entirety of the NFC South? But once again, if the Packers win, none of that matters because they're in. So really only need the scoreboard watch if the Packers lose. I was going to say, you want the Packers to win regardless. Right. Um, there's a lot emotionally charged in this game. It's a rivalry game. It's the last game of the season. It's for being above 500, regardless of the playoffs, not going into the season, the off season, having a losing record for the second season in a row, especially for Matt LaFleur. There's a whole host of reasons why you want to win this game. But top of mind, I think for this team is it's your rivalry. It's your rivalry game and you're, you know, lowly bottom of the NFC North Chicago Bears are coming into your house. You're not even going to Soldier Field. They're coming to your house and you want to beat them. You want to beat the pants off them. Um, It's winning in and that should be motivation enough. So you want everyone else that Maggie just listed to lose. Sure. Help them out. But uh, winning in and that's all that matters. Yeah, and Malafleur had said, too, like, you know, the team understands this, but it's such a different team than last season that he doesn't feel the need to come in and rehash any of those things. Like, he has taken away lessons as a head coach, but the situations are entirely different given the players that are in the locker room. So, Malafleur knows, the Packers know, you know, we've seen some of the Bears pressers that have circulated social media Both teams are going to be ready for this one, and we'll get into it in more detail. But before we do that, let's talk about Jair Alexander coming back because that's a significant boost for the secondary, even though they played really well last week. But again, we'll get into that. What did you think about his locker room interview from his first day back available to the media on Wednesday? Yeah, Um, you and I spoke about it briefly. Um, Obviously, you and I speak about pretty much everything that happens Packers related, (laughs) but um, I sent you the clip and... I am really impressed by Ja. I think I think it's really cool that he came in and took what happened really seriously. Um, I think, you know, it just shows growth, the way that he handled himself, the way he owned up to everything, the way he answered every question. I think he took media availability for over five minutes at his locker, which is quite a long time. Um, you know, he had a lot to say about the things he learned, how he used the week, which he used to train. He's like, I, I knew I was coming back quickly. You know, I was focused and just thinking about getting my body right, thinking about this game. Um, you know, I, I understand that my role is not going to change, which means I plan on playing. Um, he was very candid about, you know, thinking that this is actually going to improve his relationship with Matt LaFleur and Goot, which complements exactly what Matt LaFleur said as well. Um, But really what stood out to me was that he didn't give like a lot of placating language. He actually gave like concrete things that he learned from this, namely being like the way that he communicates across the board. And he said, I am really comfortable communicating with my guys but sometimes it's really hard for me to communicate outside of my teammates. And this really taught me that I need to be better at doing that. And again, I just think he approached this with a lot of maturity and a lot of grace and you have to give him, you know, his, his flowers for that. Um, 
do I think that, you know, there's, I think a little bit of rumblings around like, oh, you know, where's the personality? Where's the job that we know? He's there. He's in there. I think the fact that he actually came in and took this seriously says more about who he is and that he grew from this. And I'm sure that we will get more fun, you know, antics from him in his usual mindset when things calm down a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, we had talked about, you know, not wanting to hypothesize or try to guess what the vibe would be in the locker room if there was like a disconnect between players and what the suspension would do. And it seems like all it did was make the team closer and give them more accountability. And Jair learned from it. Matt LaFleur had said, you know, going into the whole week that he wasn't going to talk about it, but he was confident and comfortable with their relationship. And it just felt like, you know, whatever your stance was, whether you thought the suspension was the right thing or not, that the, the team benefited from it. Jair learned from it and they're moving forward. And it seems like, you know, he's kind of rejuvenated himself a little bit, maybe like he's, he's on the up and ups and he's ready to, you know, go out there and prove himself. And that's really all you can ask for. You know, we, there doesn't seem to be any wedge or anything that was brewing, which we didn't really think there would be, but all things considered, I think it, it all, it was handled the way that it needed to be in both parties. Everybody's able to just move on from it at this point. So let's take a look now at the injury report, because as you said, pre-show, the Packers injury report is a CVS receipt. <laughs> not not surprising in week 18 of the season, but the Bears only have six on theirs. Packers, I think, had 20 plus. So we'll go through those. to be 20, exact. <laughs> 21. So we'll go through those. Um, seems like some players are trending up, at least, in their availability. So Packers could be back to almost full strength or as full strength as they can be going into Sunday. Yeah. Um Namely, Jair being full participant, right? He mentioned inside availability that he was feeling really good. No setbacks from Carolina. If anything, maybe the week off helped Mm -hmm. the shoulder heal. It's rested. Um, Right? So we should get Ja in full strength. So love to see that. Um, There's a couple of guys that you love to see trending in the right direction. And I'm going to do my best to kind of pick them out in terms of like offense versus defensive side of the ball. Um, so sticking with the defense, right, you have Devondre Campbell back as a full participant, which is really great to see from a neck injury perspective, especially when you lose an Isaiah McDuffie um, with a concussion. He is a do not participant. I think you expect him to be in concussion protocol this week. Yeah. Um, Rudy Ford is still a DNP, which is unfortunate. Um, Keyshawn Nixon was limited with a quad, but I can't imagine we didn't really hear anything about that. So I don't know if that's too serious. Jonathan Owens limited with the knee, um, Darnell Savage back being a full participant with the shoulder, which is again, great. I think knowing getting jaw and Darnell, um, back in this game, having a full healthy secondary huge, um, TJ Slayton limited. Preston was the only big name that was a DNP with the ankle. Again, I don't know how much I worry. They do a lot of it's not vet rest. Obviously he's hurt, but they tend to be a little bit more cautious with the vets. So just something to keep an eye on throughout the week. Quay limited with the shoulder. um, And that does it for the defensive side of the ball. It's a lot more optimistic on the offensive side of the ball though. (laughs) Um, AJ Dillon was a DNP with the thumb. He was DNP last week and still played. So do with that what you will. Elton Jenkins, DMP, 
Andy Herman posted that video of him getting rolled up on at the end of the game. So that's a little bit of a question mark. Don't love that. Uh, but again, something to keep an eye on. But Aaron Jones limited. I think Aaron Jones is just limited always, and we can expect Aaron to play. Um, Luke Musgrave limited. Again, he's coming back from the kidney. Question mark if he plays, but good to see him still practicing. Uh, Josh Myers limited. Jaden Reed limited. He also, in his availability afterwards, said x-rays came back clear. He's feeling good. I think he might be the toughest guy ever <laughs> he's been banged up all season um christian watson limited dante van wicks also limited and emmanuel wilson back as a full participant biggest news i think of the day really is that christian watson at his locker afterwards essentially said i'm good to go i'm playing on sunday now we have heard this before <laughs> players tend to say this but um saying that that early on in the week and seeing that he's basically a full go at practice is a good sign. So things are trending up. Uh, I love the idea of the last week of the season in such an important game, Jordan Love getting all of his weapons back on the field at the same time. It would be, it'd be really strange if in week 18, that was the first time we got to see all of them together, like every single player back you know, and we'll see, you know, what roles they would even play. If Luke Musgrave is back, I doubt he's going to play like 80% of the snaps. You know, like there will be a rotation for some of these guys, but would be really fun to see Matt LaFleur have his entire arsenal at his disposal on the, oh, go ahead. What would he even do? Like, so this is my question is like, what would the snap count rotation even look like at this point? It's like too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, like you'd have to have very specific yeah, for some of these guys, which is is exciting, but also it's hard to argue like taking some of these guys off the field. Like the fact that you see Bo Melton and Malik Keith having the games that they've had for this offense, and they're like five and six on the depth chart. Like, yeah, to have that type of well-rounded unit is really a testament yeah. to the entirety of the offense and the way that they've all stepped in. My dad um, and I today were talking about how because my dad asked me that, and he was like, "Be some weird." like difficult decisions almost because they've had to have so many guys step up what kind of decisions you would make once everyone is healthy. And then we were wondering I how many times this team has gone five wide. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the answer has to be very low, just considering availability, but how fun would that be? I mean, I doubt Matt would do it obviously because of, how much he loves his two tight end sets and like just the way that they run this offense in terms of their, um, their personnel packages. But just imagine having all of that speed and young talent just stretched out wide. I don't know. The bears, the bears seem to have a lot of tricks up their sleeve. What if the Packers just threw all of their wide receivers at them? Yeah. I mean, and so let's, let's talk about the bears defense or, I guess both sides of the ball. Um, not as banged up as the Packers, but some significant names on their side of the injury report. Jalen Johnson is a did not participate as of Wednesday with a shoulder injury. Cole Kmet has a knee injury, did not practice. Darnell Mooney, still in concussion protocol, has yet to practice. DJ Moore has an ankle injury, is limited, but likely to play. And then their long snapper is a DNP. So <laughs> maybe they have an emergency long snapper, but he's got a foot injury. So some big names on there. Um, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, three weapons for Justin Fields. But 
let's go ahead and talk since we kind of touched on the Packers offensive weapons being back healthy. Let's segue into this offense as a whole and talk about this Bears defense because this Bears defense is pretty freaking good in some in some ways, not as an as an entirety, but but there are some things it does very well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not going to be, like, the first time that they played each other. The Bears' defense is has a very high turnover differential right now, right? So the Packers' offense is going to have to play clean football. Um, but also, this Packers' offense is not, like, the first time they played either. And I think, quite frankly, they're a lot better than some of the teams the Bears have been playing recently. So it's going to be a test for both sides of the ball. I think, look, Jalen Johnson has been talking a lot of smack. Um, We'll see if he can walk the walk. Yeah, so, I mean, speaking of, you know, this Bears defense, some of the things they do really well, obviously, they have the first-ranked defense in interceptions, 22 picks on the season, which is very impressive, especially to see the number seven have come from their two inside linebackers that they both, you know, they signed in free agency. So really interesting to see such a high number coming right in the middle of their defense. Uh, They have three different players with four picks, which is again, really impressive. Um, And then they're first in the league in run defense. So they're giving up only 84 yards a game on the ground. Maybe, you know, I don't know what that means as far as, you know, if you're unable to pass or throw against them, like you said, they haven't played necessarily the, the toughest talent down the stretch here, but where the defense is not as good. They are 32nd in red zone defense. So first in turnovers, <laughs> first in rushing yards, but 32nd in the red zone. So definitely opportunities for this Packers offense if they get down the field to capitalize and put points on the board. Yeah, for sure. Um, the thing the thing for me is, again, if the Packers play clean football, which I think they're fully capable of Jordan love has been really sound with the football down the stretch this season, right? He had a tough go of it in the early games where he turned the ball over a bunch, you know, he has 11 picks on the season, but they were concentrated in the first half of the season. If they can limit the turnover worthy plays and not allow the bears to get any takeaways, I think this Packers offense is fully capable of moving up and down the field on this Bears defense. And especially, like you said, being able to score in the red zone. The Packers have been able to improve their numbers in the red zone considerably over the course of this season. And the run defense, to me, doesn't seem like a detriment. Because the Packers have barely had a run game all season. And they seem to be doing just fine without one. So, again, I'm looking at some of the teams that the Bears have played in the last couple of weeks, and they've had some good running backs, right? They they played the Lions, who have a great rushing attack, the Browns, who, you know, they lost their best, but (laughs) 
Um, the Cardinals, not great. The Falcons are not using their rushing attack well, so I don't even know what to say about that. But being able to keep Bijan Robinson under 100 yards is still an admirable feat. Let's see what they can do against Aaron Jones, you know? But I think even if you have a day where Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon combine for under 100 yards, that still, to me, does not mean a recipe for the Packers losing this game. They're, yeah. they're have been able to win pretty much every game this season that they've won through the, through the passing game. That's the strength of this team right now. Um, so I think their strengths match up well with the bears defensive weaknesses. Yeah. Um, something I thought was really interesting. So in week one, the Packers put up 329 total yards of offense against this bears defense. So in the last nine games that the Packers have played, they've been over 320 total yards. So you're just seeing the consistency more and more because there was that stretch, obviously, Falcon Saints, tons of struggles where they weren't able to move the ball efficiently or effectively, especially when it came to scoring points in the first half of the game. But it seems like a lot of those things have worked themselves out. And we're seeing an offense that now in back-to-back week has, has put up 33 points. So yes, the Bears are also putting up some significant numbers on offense. And they're putting up some good points, over 27 points the last two weeks. So, you know, depending on what version of the Packers defense we see, maybe we're looking at a shootout situation. But definitely more comfortable with where this Packers offense is at than we would have been going into the season. Yeah. And I mean, Jordan Love in the last five games has a completion percentage of almost 70%, 68.3%. He has 1,244 yards. 11 touchdowns, one interception, a passer rating of 108.2. I mean, the Bears are about to get a test trying to stop Jordan Love in this offense. And again, we just went through the injury report and the Packers are trending in the right direction, getting their best weapons back. Christian Watson, Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed is a shoe in to play, I think. Aaron Jones and potentially A.J. Dillon, depending on that thumb, Tucker Craft was a non-factor week one, so he's a new one for them to have to guard against. Um, I'm going into this assuming no Luke Musgrave, so that's okay. And a Matt LaFleur who has beaten the Bears the last nine times they've matched up. Right? Who's he beat has the Bears had- every time he's ever in his career yes, <laughs> as the Packers head coach. <laughs> Caveat that with every time. He has had their number from a coaching perspective. Um, I feel great about where this team is at. And I, I think we alluded to it and I think this is a good place to have this conversation in terms of this team and its motivations are in the right place right now. I cannot imagine. And we said this last year, but I think the 2022 Packers and the 2023 Packers are two completely different teams. This team, this young team to get a taste of the playoffs, I can't imagine they let that opportunity pass them by, Um, especially after a huge win on New Year's Eve. Um, They know that this is the rivalry game. They know that the Bears are going to come in and try to play spoiler. They have this circled just as much as their opponent does. Um, I know that they're getting amped up for this one just as much. Yeah. And I mean, I think we talked about it, you know, when we, when we talked about the playoffs, even being a possibility when this team was still 
you know, five and seven, six and eight, whatever their record was down the stretch. But when they still had a losing record in the playoffs, we're kind of in the realm of possibilities. We had talked about like the impact it would have on such a young offense to give Jordan Love playoff experience in his first season as a starter. Yeah. You know, they're going to be on the road. They would be a wild card team. They're going either to Ford Field or they would potentially at this point, if the standings hold, be going to Dallas to play against the Cowboys who have a fantastic offense. So like it's a really big test for the young guys and nobody's saying the Packers are going to make the playoffs and go win the Super Bowl. But these are the moments that are really important for a young team to help kind of galvanize your unit and give you those invaluable like opportunities that a team might not see otherwise. So I, yes, the bears are going to come with everything they've got. They always do. I mean, I, I say it every time the Packers and bears play, it's my favorite rivalry in the NFL. I think it's the best, even though it's been one-sided lately. I live on the border of Wisconsin and Illinois. Like, <laughs> I've, you know, grown up around this and seen it. And it's it's always a fun one when these two teams get together. And, you know, both teams are going to bring everything they've got for it, even though what they're playing for is a little bit different in yeah. this week. I think the Packers are going to get up for this one hard. Like, hardcore. Especially coming off a huge win against Minnesota. Um, I also, I think the lions playing spoiler last year felt a little bit like a foregone conclusion. That's a lions team. That is a team that can play spoiler. That's a lions team, you know, a Dan Campbell led, bite your kneecaps off trending in the right direction type team. I think the bears are going to try to be that. That's the team that they're going to try to be coming into this. I just don't know if they have it in them. Um, the Lions had it in them, right? You could see the building blocks of the team that we're watching in this 2023 season. Like that, unfortunately, was the start of coming in, right? Beating the Chiefs week one, now winning the NFC North, being a playoff contender, being a potential Super Bowl contender this season. They were trending in that direction. The Bears are one of the worst teams in football again this season. That's That's not the same type of spoiler team that we're seeing from last year come into Lambeau field this year. So, and then I don't think that's a homework take. I think that's a very like objective take. I know. I agree. And I, th- but I will say, you know, if, if you're a bears fan that happens to be listening to this, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the bears as a team in the future. And maybe people aren't going to like hearing that as Packers fans, but they own the first overall pick. If they lose to the Packers, they're still picking within the top 10. So they'll have two picks within the top 10. And if they decide to trade Justin Fields, they can probably get a couple picks. Or they trade the first pick if they're rocking with Justin Fields and they get a haul of picks. Like There's a lot yeah. to like as far as the rebuilding structure of yes. their team. So there's plenty to be excited about. And obviously, if they came in and played spoiler, that would kind of catapult them to the next level that potentially we're talking about with the lions. Like there is a potential there, but I also like the resiliency and the makeup of this Packers team more than I did last season. Yes. It just kind of felt like the writing was on the wall for the 2022 Packers and everything was a struggle. And I don't want to say their hearts weren't in it. Cause I would never say that about like an NFL player, but it just feels like this is such a young, hungry team that wants it more. And I feel like they're going to come really prepared on Sunday. That was well said. I agree with everything you just said. You said that better than I did. I agree with you. And I agree that like, this is also a huge moment for the Chicago bears as a team. If I'm a Chicago bears fan, 
I'm saying like you go in and you win this game. That's huge. That is a like you don't count right. You don't count moral victories really in the NFL. But I think for a team that's really trying to right the ship and turn things around and point it in you know, going in this upward trajectory for all the reasons you just listed, right? All the picks, all the opportunities, all the big, big, big choices they have this off season to walk into the off season with a huge win against your division rival would mean a lot to this team. I don't want it to happen as someone who roots for the opposing side, but if I was a Bears fan, I would, that would be, that would be everything. Um, Let's flip it yep. because this is still a Packers defense that I'll be had a nice day against the Minnesota Vikings. I still do not trust. And Justin Fields is a player mm-hmm. and he is a player that can run all over you. Then and that has always been a little bit of the pun intended Achilles heel of this Packers defense. Yeah. So he is missing some of his weapons, like you just mentioned. There are a number of them on the injury report right now, so that is definitely something to watch over the course of this week. Um, but he can kind of be a one man running show. So getting a Devondre Campbell in full form getting a Quabe Walker healthy back to spy are going to be really key for this Packers defense. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about like, yes, the Vikings had Justin Jefferson, they had Jordan Addison, but could a rookie quarterback or an unproven quarterback, whether it's Nick Mullins or like Jaron Hall, could they get them the football? Justin Fields can get DJ Moore the football. And we have seen him do that repeatedly. DJ Moore has 1300 yards on the season, nine touchdowns. And there's a chemistry there. And Justin Fields can keep plays alive. We've seen him look like he's about to take a sack and run for 50 yards. And these are things that the Packers defense, we've seen them lose contain of quarterbacks that are less mobile, like a Tommy DeVito. So these, a Baker Mayfield even. Like Justin Fields is hard to take down. And that's what you need to see from this Packers defense is the the gap integrity that has been missing for a lot of the season. But I also think it's kind of the same, you know, recipe for success that we've seen against like the Vikings and some of the other times that Joe Barry has dialed up pressure is if it gets home or if you force some errant throws, the secondary will also have a couple opportunities for takeaways. Like Justin Fields isn't going to throw you a perfect ball every time. Mm-hmm. So there's there's going to be opportunities there for takeaways and the Packers will need to capitalize on those. And I think you also have to make the Bears play the long game like you have to make them march down the field 80 yards you can't give them short fields because then they're going to put up points yep 100 percent. well said um gap integrity was like 1a um spy justin jefferson sorry justin jefferson justin fields and gap integrity are 1a and 1b on my list of things this Packers defense has to do well um your playmakers need to make plays Right. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith being hurt, I think is unfortunate, but who's the next guy up? Who's going to show up? Is it going to be LVN? Is it going to be JJ Nagbari? Is it going to be TJ Slayton? Is it going to be Devontae Wyatt, who I think has been playing really, really well the last few weeks, just hasn't shown up on the stat sheet yet. Right. Who is it going to be that's going to show up in those key moments and make the big third down stop? Um, Pressuring Justin Fields is not the easiest thing, as you've alluded to, but 
you're going to have to do your darndest to try to get him down. Um, I need a I need a big game from Rashawn Gary. Yeah, because I mean, and I don't. It's not like you know he fell off or anything like that. But Kenny Clark, we always call Mister December, right? Because he comes on hot in December. Rashawn has a half sack for the entire month of December. Yeah. And he, we've talked about it every week. Cause I'm like, God, he's one away from hitting double digit sacks on the season. Like, come on, Rashawn, big game for Rashawn. Get a couple sacks, set a career high and just kind of skate into the postseason. Walk away from it. Yeah. Um, and then the secondary just playing like sound, good communicative coverage. Um, this is not, this is not a Bears wide receiver core that's going to beat you over the head. Um, you said it, DJ Moore and Justin Fields obviously have really nice chemistry, but it has improved between now and week one. It has changed exponentially. It is not going to be as easy as it was week one, but getting job back I think is going to be huge in this regard. Just play sound football. Um, take the opportunities, get takeaways when you can. But for me in this game, don't do too much. Don't get overly aggressive. Make the tackle, wrap the tackle, go for the PBU. Don't try to do too much because that's when things will get ugly and you will keep let them keep this game close. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's not to keep going back to the Vikings game, but one of the keys to success was the best defense is playing offense. And that's what we saw yeah. from the Packers one time of possession by 15 minutes. If you don't let Justin Jefferson touch, see, I did it now too. If you don't <laughs> let Justin Fields touch the football, he's not going to put up points. Yeah. And yes, their defense is ball hawking. We've seen it. They're forcing turnovers, play clean football, protect the football, long sustained drives. And that's the recipe for success is to make it a lopsided game and own the time of possession and make it difficult for the Bears. Because if you give them additional opportunities to score points, they've proven in recent weeks that they can and they will. So don't let them take the ball away and get an easy three, you know, an easy field goal. And like you said, keep themselves in it. Especially to letting, like, keeping this defense on the field, letting them get gassed. We've watched it just spiral down. Right. It is a recipe for disaster. So I agree with you. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap? Score predictions. You got one? Yeah. All right. I want to hear yours. 35-20 Packers. 35-20. All right. You're going double digits. I'm I'm conflicted on this one. And it feels like hedging to say the, the kind of caveats that I said last week, right? Where I said like, oh, the Packers should win 34-17, but we'll see what the defense does. But I think there's there's two outcomes here. And I think it's either a really, really nail-biting close game or the Packers walk into this knowing their season's on the line at Lambeau Field and they put up big numbers. So I think it's going to be closer, but I, I do agree over 30. I'm going to say 35-28. Okay. Because I think the Bears are going to want it bad too. I... Part of, there's a small part of me that is like, I wonder if this is a slog and it's like 17, 17 14. 14. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm putting into the universe 35, 20. Yeah. I mean, we've seen both of these teams are capable of putting up points and both of these teams are capable of putting up clunkers. So yeah. division games are weird. You said it like you thought the Vikings game was going to be weird. 
every game this season for the Packers has been a blowout in one way or the other. Their three away games have been a blowout in their favor. Their two home games so far have been a blowout going the other way. So we'll see what they're able to do on Sunday. Jordan Love is sub 200 yards away from 4,000 yards on the season. So big milestone for Jay Love. And when you're in the playoffs, Green Bay Packers, in your quote-unquote rebuilding season, crazy times. Yeah, it really doesn't get any more straightforward than that win. And Jordan Love makes the playoffs in his first year as a starter. Thank you for listening to the show. We'll be back on Monday, hopefully, to recap a Packers win and talk about their playoff opponent. If not, we'll still be here to talk about it. <laughs> Whatever the outcome, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. You can also find the podcast on all of your social platforms at PAX, which she said. If you're listening to the audio version of the show, thank you so much. We appreciate all of the downloads and the likes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for that as well. And we also appreciate the likes and the subscriptions. Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!